0: Katie.
1: Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast where
0: we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of.
1: How's it going?
0: Yeah, good. Not too bad.
1: Yeah, good.
0: So we, we went away for the weekend and went to North- the North- Norfolk Broads and uh, that was lovely.
1: Yeah, we went to Cambridge on Sunday and um, and Matt was like, hey, do you want to go punting? And I was like... Yeah, you do all the punting, (laughs) and I do the sitting in the boat part. So he, like, punted me around for, like, an hour. Oh,
0: nice. Which was
1: nice, and we just, like, went um, went to the Fitzwilliam Museum, as I showed you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's um, cold in there. It's really good.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. And we saw that thing that was, like, from 3000 BC.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And I was like, this is really old. (laughs) Also, I'm, like, I'm, like, sceptical about how accurate carbon dating can be like that far back. Yeah. Because I've read a lot about like carbon dating from Roman times and this is like pre-Roman so
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's definitely kind of yeah it's quite a um. that's what I'm looking for. So yeah it's an imprecise isn't it basically.
1: Well even like Matt was saying even if it's imprecise to like a thousand years that's still like two thousand years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's still going to be ancient. Sorry
1: four thousand years old it's still really old. (laughs) So, that was cool.
0: Um, I like the art gallery room they cool. have in there, where it's like, a, on the upper floor, it's just like a ring, like, if you know, yeah. floor sort of thing. So, you can like, it's really thin and you just walk around and you can like see the downstairs and it's just, yeah, really yeah, fun and really precarious.
1: Cool. <laughs> really nice, like, just building in general. Yeah. And because Cambridge is only an hour away from London, it, was, it wasn't it was like, it's like the other side of London, like, it's the same yeah. distance.
0: Yeah, so, really easy to reach from King's Cross. Yeah. So yeah,
1: if you need a fun day out, guys, and you live in London, <laughs> it's only like twelve pounds. So um there's a brewery there that Matt really likes as well that you can't really get in London. It's called Milton Brewery. So he was really excited to have like some of his favourite brewery beer.
0: Very nice.
1: Because he's a lad.
0: <laughs> we went on a steam train on the North Norfolk oh, Railway it was really cool I love a
1: steam train and it was, like awesome.
0: the old um, commuter chain trains from like North London as well so they they're the trains that ran on like the lines that run by like our house our flat so that was really cool
1: that is cool I really like that there's um there's one in Brighton called the Bluebell Railway just outside Brighton I think and I went on that when I was like I don't know 20 something like that yeah. 21 and it was so good. Basically, it doesn't, like, take you anywhere. You kind of go to, like, go on the steam train, and you're like, choo-choo, and then, like, you go to this, like, bit, and then you get off, and you have, like, an ice cream and lemonade, and then you, like, go back on. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so it was cute.
0: Nice. Yeah, we were really nerding out. We were, like, kind of, like, running up and down, like, the platform to see it, like, coming in. It was really fun.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: cute. <laughs> um, also... We went to Venta uh, uh the the Iceni capital that we mentioned back in oh, the Boudicca yeah. episode. So nice. I've been now. I've been to the Iceni capital.
1: Nice. I wonder if she like felt your presence. <laughs> if, you, if you visualise time as a kind of like everything happens exactly at the same time, <laughs> then you and her were there.
0: We were. Together. As one. Now, though, it's just cheap. And some old walls. I mean,
1: I love sheep. So. <laughs> um, um, what's I gonna say? That's something else. I don't know. Have you been watching anything
0: good? Uh, reading
1: anything good?
0: What have we been watching? Oh, we started watching the new Catherine Ryan see- series, The Duchess. Oh, why? Oh, I love Catherine Ryan.
1: Oh, I'm not a fan. Really? I think it's more like just jealousy. <laughs> Um, of of like, uh, like success at being funny. <laughs> she so is I'm very not funny. very funny. Um, but I, uh, I'm just not generally a fan of like comedy.
0: You're not a like, fan of pick... comedy.
1: No, 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 comedy like stand-up comedy. Yeah. I'm a fan a fan of like comedy within other settings, but I'm not a fan of like slapstick, like full-out comedy. So f- like Adam Sandler films, etc. Yeah, not I can't deal with it.
0: Uh, oh, it's not it's like not that, f- though. It's, it's not quite, for me. I don't know. It's quite um, tragic in places. I don't know. It's good.
1: Okay, well, I'm watching The Fall. I'm. Um, on series three it just came on Netflix and I've already watched since we've last talked I've watched the whole series basically whole three seasons of oh, the it's only like uh it used to it was on I think BBC yeah it's like a crime drama like kind of broad churchy oh okay so it's like five, five episodes a season and it's got Gillian Anderson who is just
0: oh,
1: like that one stunning
0: with uh yeah, and Jamie one. Dornan yeah, yeah it's that... in Belfast yeah that's so
1: good oh my god so good. I mean, I mean, this was like four years ago, but because it's on Netflix now, like, yeah, I, I just raced through it. So yeah. that's definitely if you like you know kind of crime dramas. And he's um he's Christian Grey in, in Fifty Shades of Grey, so yeah. I can't really look at him properly. <laughs> like,
0: see, yeah, I see, He's yeah. like a
1: serial killer slash Christian Grey.
0: <laughs> see, I always see it the other way around. Like, I can't see him as Christian Grey because he's just a serial killer to me. He did it really well. <laughs> he's just like yeah, for a long time he was just like. That's that, seri- that really messed up serial killer guy. <laughs> oh
1: my god, yeah. He is. He plays it like he is ugh, terif- terrifying in this kind of realistic, terrifying yeah. way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just um, very kind of uh, intimidating. Like you'd flip at any moment. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, cold. Yeah. Very cold. cold. <gasps> I've also been watching The Boys, but I only watched three episodes of that because they, then they cut me off. You've had your fill cutting you off. I thought Do you they mean just put really... you off. For some reason, there was only three episodes up. I don't know if like there was like a fault. Or well,
1: maybe they're releasing them weekly.
0: Yeah, maybe. Which is just a piss take.
1: No, I think it's actually better for your mental health.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I want to watch it all in one go, in one sitting. They did that with,
1: they did that with the Good Place, and it was like heart wrenching. Oh like, yeah, I couldn't take. I could take it. I was like, I need the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I felt quite empty inside after um, after that finished. It was a good ending. Mm. strong ending one of the but... best tv
1: endings like i think ever yeah definitely i think my favorite tv <laughs> ending of all time is the shield and if anyone has watched the shield they'll understand oh. what i mean which it was it was running at the same time as the wire so yeah. everyone was like watching the wire but all the awards were actually going to the shield yeah. and people weren't watching it and it's just so it's about like kind of crooked cops um and it's just like absolutely harrowing. The last episode, like more harrowing than the end of the wire. Oh, okay, I have to check that. Out. So it's worth watching, like all seven seasons of the Shield, just for the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, should we talk about history?
0: Let's talk about some history. Okay, then. So my guy, I think you might you might not have heard of. Him. I had heard of him until very very recently. Okay. So. Have you ever heard of Titus Cornelius, also known as Colonel Ty?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay then. So it's a
1: really solid name. though.
0: He's a really solid name, but yeah. well, he named himself Ty. But I mean, like, it's just short for Ty- Titus, so like, he didn't. Really, yeah, of he course. Just picks himself a short nickname, just for ease, I suppose. Ty. I
1: mean, my name is shortened, and yeah, so is yours. Exactly. Everyone likes a short so. name.
0: <laughs> so Titus Cornelius was born into slavery in Colts Neck, Monmouth County, the province of New Jersey, in 1753. Originally owned by John Corley's, a Quaker. So one of you guys.
1: Wow, a Quaker owned yeah. a slave.
0: So Corley's farm was located along Navasink River, I think that's how you say it, near the town of Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury, yes. just yeah.
1: like
0: in England. Yeah, New England, isn't it? Uh mm. So, at the onset of the American Revolution, there are about 8,200 slaves in the province of New Jersey. So, not wow, just in the south. The hmm. north no, was, it wasn't just in the yeah, south. Just as uh, prevalent in the north at this time. Uh, so, at this time, there was increasing opposition to slavery among the Quakers. By the 1760s, it was Quaker practice to teach slaves how to read and write and then to free them at age 21. Yet Corlees gave his slaves no education and was not inclined to give them any. Um, Doesn't
1: sound like a Quaker to I me. Mean, I think he's faking. Yeah,
0: he is just a fake Quaker. Quaker. fakin. He was also known to be hard on his slaves. Corlees severely whipped uh, anyone uh, from minor, what he would see as like infractions. So late in 1775, a delegation from the Shrewsbury meeting of the Society of Friends approached Corlees about his treatment of his slaves. The group of Quakers disapproved of Corley's refusal to provide his slaves with an education and his lack of adherence to the 5- 1758 Quaker Edict to End Slavery. Corley's responded, Yes,
1: Quakers. Yes. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, responded by saying he has not seen it his duty to give slaves their freedom. So, Titus decided the only way to an education was to teach himself. So, in his stolen moments, he was able to learn about property law, economics, commodities, uh, and trade. And also, usefully, um, for, for, for what would come, uh, the political leanings of the families in the area.
1: Oh, interesting. Is he like a young man at this time?
0: Yeah, he's in his, his when 20s. Or, no, going into his 20s. Okay. Um, cool. late teens, 20s. So, in November 1775. John Murray, the 4th Earl of Dunmore and Royal Governor of the uh, Colony of Virginia, issued a proclamation offering freedom to all slaves and indentured servants who would leave their American masters and join the British. Mm. So, this proclamation and the disruption of the war that was to follow contributed to an estimated 100,000 slaves escaping during the Revolutionary War. Some of which came to join the British, so that number is estimated to be around fifteen thousand. So not a huge wow. um, number, but
1: no, it's not huge, but it's still like I don't know. I feel like that's a lot. Like yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like it's still a considerable number, um, hmm. and they yeah, yeah, they, they they did form a considerable force in the British army. So they joined as soldiers, laborers, and other employments that's a, that's interesting because in so some African Americans were on the patriot side but but I don't think they were allowed to fight as soldiers only as laborers, and generally they didn't join they were made yeah, they to were to work essentially cajouled. yeah um so Titus Corleones escaped from Corley's property the day after Dunmore's Proclamation and promptly joined the king's forces. Let's call it the king's. Uh, and so he was. He escaped carrying only a small amount of clothing, drawn up uh, at one end with strings. So like one of those little bag um, st- uh, stick bags, maybe that you see in uh, old pictures. Anyway, <laughs> Titus, like uh, Oliver. Yeah. So Titus left Corley's property and walked to the t- toward Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, so Coyle's based a bunch of advertisements around Pennsylvania and uh, in, in the newspapers, promising a reward of £300 uh, for the capture of Titus. But this was not to be, because before he could be recaptured, he had assumed the adopted name of Ty and donning the Scarlet of the Kings enlisted in the Ethiopian Regiment. Ah. So it didn't take long for Ty to start kicking us.
1: <laughs> didn't tell you long. he was like you know what i'm gonna start kicking ass now everyone's like cool ty
0: in his first experience um seeing action uh, at the battle of monmouth in june 1778 ty managed to capture captain uh alicia shepherd of the monmouth militia and brought him to his imprisonment at sugar house in british occupied new york so while the Battle of Monmouth proved to be uh, indecisive militarily, it certainly enjoyed, introduced the British and the Patriots forces to Ty's great ability as a soldier. So as such, he was promote, quickly promoted to commander of the Black Brigade and the honorary rank of colonel. So he never actually got like a, like an official rank colonel it was only a honorary one unfortunately because
1: i mean i'm guessing yeah you maybe have time
0: yeah there was still uh like. still like uh problems with uh well there was obviously problems with the transition there's <laughs> <laughs> still problems system. now there's still problems now <laughs> like uh but interesting i was also add later like interesting how like this kind of changed yeah. but yeah um so yeah, so Coenertise uh, knowledge of the topography of Monmouth County and his bold leadership. So he made him well known, and uh, a well known and feared Loyalist guerrilla commander. So respected, in fact, that he commanded a unit made up of soldiers of both African and European descent during a number of raids, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Okay, having spent so much of his time studying maps. Uh, Ty was an expert on topography of the Monmouth County. And so the commander of the Black Brigade was tasked with destabilising the region by no other than Royal Governor William Franklin, loyalist son of founding father Benjamin Franklin.
1: Benjamin!
0: Oh. Isn't that crazy?
1: That like, is crazy. His
0: own son. Bailed out. Joined. The... Bailed.
1: Full on bailed.
0: So. This plan had come about when the Monmouth Patriots began to hang captured uh, Loyalists under the vigilante law that governed uh, Monmouth County at the time. They had also begun illegally confiscating land for those loyal to the Crown. And so, Ty came as defender and retributor for the Loyalists. On July the 15th, 1779, accompanied by a Loyalist named John Moody and 50 African Americans, Ty executed a daring raid on Shrewsbury, New Jersey during which they captured 80 cattle, 20 horses, and two prominent patriots, William Brindley and Alicia Cook.
1: I love how you left the humans to the end. Oh, yeah. like They captured like cows, horses, and, and, and two people. And some well. folks. And some folks. Some
0: humans. <laughs> Following this, Ty continued to launch successful raids with his fellow guerrilla fighters from a forested base called Refugee Town in Sandy Hook. They they often targeted wealthy slave-holding patriots during their assaults, which frequently took place at night. Tursor led several successful raids during the summer of 1779, seizing food, fuel, and taking prisoners and freeing many slaves as he went. By the winter of 1779, Colonel Ty's Black Brigade started working in tandem with a unit called the Queen's Rangers to help defend British-occupied New York against the advancing patriots. So, this was kind of like, rather than fighting straight kind of, like, defensive battles, this was kind of, like, st- still through raids that would kind of, like, knock the uh, the attacking forces, like, off balance. So, yeah, in order to do this, he would continue to attack uh, the various towns around Monmouth County, uh, seizing more cattle, food, silver plate, and deploying the resources to the uh, weakened British forces to help keep them supplied and fighting. So, it was an invaluable help. They could, like, I think it was essentially cut off at of this time, so like, uh, yeah, desperately in need of supplies. The Black Brigade also helped usher escaping slaves to their freedom inside British lines and later assisted their transportation to Nova Scotia for resett- resettlement. They also raided uh, Patriot sympathisers in New Jersey, uh, captured them and brought them to the British. Unsurprisingly, due to the treatment they had received as slaves, the Black Brigade often aimed their raids of former, their former masters
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, fair enough.
0: Fair. Uh, so, unfortunately, this had did have some unintended consequences. Well, not unfortunately. Some of them were. Some of the consequences were like the uh, the ripple effects were were pretty good, and some not so good. So, ties attacks raised raised fears amongst slave owners about slave revolts, uh, which led to the uh, imposition of more draconian measures and uh, martial law. I'm not really sure what this actually entailed, like how this changed kind of like the treatment of like slaves. But um, so in a way, this kind of like simply acted as a catalyst that convinced more African Americans to flee to uh, British held New York. Unfortunately, this also led to governor Livingstone and his officials uh, to encourage slaveholders to remove their slaves to more remote parts of New Jersey Far away from the British lines, so after kind of like the initial rush, the, the remaining slaves were were basically they were taken out of the way, so it was almost impossible for them to to escape to British lines. So on March thirtieth, seventeen eighty, the Black Brigade captured Captain James Green and Ensign John Morris in the same raid. Ty and his men looted and burnt the home of John Russell, a patriot known for his raids on Staten Island. So he's kind of like taking out some. Pretty heavy hitters. Uh, beginning in June 1780, Ty led more attacks on Monmouth County, some of his most successful. His forces attacked and killed Joseph Murray in his home uh, in retaliation for Murray's vigil- vigilante execution of loyalists. They also raided Barnes Smock, uh, lead- a patriot leader in Monmouth County. Uh, they managed to capture 12 of Smock's su- uh, Smock supporters and destroyed his artillery. So they managed to take out like an entire artillery position, which is pretty impressive. Uh, In One Night Worthy Raid, on June 22nd, 1780, Ty and his men managed to capture James Mott, the second major in the Monmouth Militia Regiment, so a really high-ranking officer. Uh, James Johnson, his captain, uh, and six other militia men. On September 1st, 1780, Ty led a small group of African-Americans and uh, the Queen's Rangers to Colts Neck, New Jersey, with the... uh, with the aim of raiding the home of Captain Joshua Huddy. So this guy was known for his swift execution of uh, captured loyalists, and so was an important target for Ty and his band. So Ty managed to briefly capture Huddy, but in a surprise attack, a party of Patriots managed to help Huddy escape. And in the escape, the Patriots managed to uh, injure Ty, uh, firing a musket ball through his wrist. So although this was just a small injury... Unfortunately, it developed tetanus and gangrene, and would lead to Ty's death two days later from infection. Oh so gosh, there you so go. Was
1: really young, still. Yeah,
0: he was only in his twenties, very early twenties. Wow. But he managed to like.
1: He managed to do a lot. lot.
0: yeah. I mean, like, I think he might have achieved more than old Benny Darnold. Benny Darnold was was a, an expensive acquisition for the British Army. Ty is one of the most effective and respected African-American soldiers of the Revolution. Tye also makes significant contributions to the British cause. His knowledge of the swamps, rivers and inlets of Monmouth County were integral to the British efforts in New Jersey during the war, and they would have fared a lot worse were it not for his expert knowledge and just his ability as a soldier. As commander of the Black Brigade, he led raids against American patriots, seized supplies and assassinated patriot leaders uh, during the war how yeah as I, as I, as i mentioned before he was never officially commissioned as an officer by the british army um and also i believe he wasn't actually able allowed to um to command british troops only Ameri- like uh, like white american colonials
1: okay yeah that so, makes
0: sense so there was like there was still like m- like many problems with like the situation however like it was undoubtedly a better situation than like uh, than with with the patriots at the time um, yeah, so worth noting at the time, the British Army never formally appointed anyone of African descent into um, positions of, uh, of rank. However, at the time, the Royal Navy did. So that, that's kind of interesting.
1: That's interesting.
0: Um, so when peace negotiations began after the Battle of Yorktown, town, a primary issue of debate was the fate of the black British soldiers. Loyalists who remained in the United States uh, wanted... Black soldiers returned for various reasons, including, and this is pretty grim, the fact that many of them were slave owners themselves. So they'd lost the war, but they wanted their slaves back.
1: Nice. Which really sucks. So those yeah,
0: are people that are thankful for the British side. Yeah,
1: we we do suck.
0: Yeah. However, the British military Commanders fully intended to keep their promises. So kind of unlike the government of today who decided to break the, <laughs> the withdrawal agreement. But just never mind. Started a...
1: to break international <laughs> law. <laughs> well,
0: let's, uh, let's move on for that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so, following the war, the British uh, managed to evacuate loyalist refugees, uh, particularly from New York and Charleston, to other uh, colonies. So many American slave owners attempted to recapture their former slaves. And this led some to just basically capturing like any anyone they came across so this included born uh, so those like born free before the war and then would just like sell them into slavery so that was a really grim uh, like turn following the war US Congress also ordered George Washington to retrieve any American property from the British which in course in their view included human beings
1: oh lovely
0: so, but yeah since, since, since the British military command intended to honour their promises um they issued certificates of freedom and right to be evacuated to uh, British colonies to any uh, person who could uh, prove his service. Um, yeah, how on the grim side, the British also proposed a compromise that would basically see them compensating slave owners to create both the new United States and the slave-owning loyalists. So, I mean, like, like they had fought on the British side and they were still kind of, like, conce- like Treated as like commodities. However, the British did then transport more than 3,000 black loyalists to Nova Scotia. Uh, one of the settlements, Birchtown, Nova Scotia, was the largest free African community for the first few years of its existence. Unfortunately, um black loyalists did find the cold climate difficult. And by cold climate, I mean both in the form of the weather and the discrimination they faced from other loyalist settlers. Mm. many of them former slaveholders. So in July 1784, Black Loyalists in Shelburne were targeted in the Shelburne riots, the first recorded race riots in Canadian history. In a further kick, the Crown officials only granted land to the Black Loyalists um, that was of lesser quality and more rocky and less fertile than that given to white Loyalists. So following this, in 1792, the British government offered Black Loyalists a chance to resettle in a new colony in Sierra Leone. Half of the Black Loyalists in Nova Scotia, nearly 1,200, departed the country and moved permanently to the new African colony, uh, where they set up the community of Freetown. So, yeah, the story is, of course, a mixed one. Yeah. I mean, by fighting for the British, many African-Americans fought for and won their freedom, even if the side they chose uh, lost. However, it was not by any means perfect. It was not by any means like a perfect, happy ending,
1: so when was Sierra Leone um, became? It's you know when did did it decolonize? Do you
0: know? Uh, I'm not sure actually. know. So like, uh, so 7 t-
1: Oh, wait, um, independence from Britain in 1961. It says. Oh,
0: okay then. Yeah, I can't, don't interesting. Interesting. know much about the uh, about the colony actually. I need to read more. Uh, read more into it because it's it's quite. Yeah, it's be quite interesting, interesting to Sierra know. Like Leone.
1: how many people nowadays are like descended from those who moved over. From, yeah, like Nova Scotia and stuff.
0: I mean, like, uh, yeah, there was quite a significant population that helped, kind of like, start, like, help, like, build Canada. Essentially, that are, are kind of like forgotten, which is, which is a shame. I mean, like, th- this whole story is quite lost, which is a massive, like, a massive shame. I thing. There's, there's very little about, like, um, yeah, fr- like, freed and escaped slaves who came and and tried to help britain fight fight the revolutionary war i guess because like i mean i guess i mean i guess the war's probably not looked looked on like too favorably um no (laughs) and and it's like i don't know i guess like britain's quite keen to to forget it yeah i mean like it's just one of those kind of things that should should be uh looked at more i think
1: Yeah, that was really interesting. It's, yeah, it's more one of those stories that's, like, one of those small stories that are forgotten but are actually really important, like, the whole fabric of everything. Like, everyone knows about, like, I don't know, Hamilton or, like, you know, maybe Benedict Arnold as well. But, like, what about these small stories that actually weave together to make, like, the bigger narrative? Well, if you've got any more, like, small stories you want to share with us, you can do that on Twitter as well. And Instagram, hit us up, at Have You Ever Pod that be really and,
0: good. And uh, follow us wherever you're listening.
1: And tell us what you're eating for dinner, Dan.
0: What am I having for dinner? Black bean. Black bean pork. Mm, That's Nice. Not,
1: not the pork, but mm, black bean. <laughs> uh, we're just having pasta, but... Um, yeah, Matt needs those carbs after football. <laughs> so, um, Okay, we'll see you next time. Won't see you next time. We'll speak to you next time <laughs> speak to you for not really having a conversation with you we're just talking at you we'll talk at you next time and yeah spread the word thanks a so lot
0: bye, bye.